Hi loves, and welcome to the With Love Always podcast, a podcast to help you live the life you were created for. We are your hosts and your friends, Bree and Marissa, and we're so grateful you're here. We pray you listen and leave feeling more inspired, encouraged, and uplifted. Hi guys, welcome back to another episode. Today we are talking all about money. We are going to be unpacking financial peace. So how to achieve wisdom and freedom in your finances. And this is definitely like an intimidating topic for us. I think we do tackle heavier topics, but this feels like I would say one of the weightier ones. Um, I actually had in mind to speak on a very lighthearted, fun topic. I specifically told Bri, I was like, I just want to do something fun this week. And then I woke up the other day and just had this come to mind. And I was like, this could be a prompting to just speak on this. So I'm just going to dive in. And with that, I just wanted to clarify that there's so much like helpful financial advice out there on the internet. And this isn't really going to be an episode on how to, I guess, accumulate wealth or budgeting or things like that. It's really more so focused on your perspective and your relationship with money and finding just freedom in that. I love that you felt like it was so on your heart to tackle this subject because I think initially when you mentioned that you wanted to talk about this on the podcast, I was like, oh my gosh, like that just made me so nervous because like you said, it is such a big topic, but we're so excited to just dive into the topic of money and finances and just share our perspective and things that have helped us along the way. And ultimately, we can always, you know, do more episodes, maybe in greater depth, but we're so excited to just kind of ignite this conversation and see where it leads and hopefully encourage you guys along the way. Yeah. And one more thing before we launch in, I do want to recognize, because I know this can be a sensitive topic for a lot of people and there can be trauma that's attached with money. So we're just simply doing what we always do, which is just inviting you guys into a conversation between friends that is imperfect and our, you know, perspective is developing as we share. So we're just kind of speaking on where we're currently at and we just pray that this adds value, but it also is kind of an evolving perspective and something that we're going to continue to grow in. So I guess to kind of kick it off, I just wanted to provide a little bit of context of just kind of history and just perspective on money in general. So I'll share a little bit and then I know Brie is going to do the same. Um, But just to give a little bit of context so you can kind of understand the place that we're speaking from, I definitely come from, I think I've always been this way. I've probably learned it from my family, but I definitely lean towards being just a bit more frugal when it comes to finances. So I am definitely more of a saver and I, I don't know, I always get a little bit like anxious spending money. I think there's always kind of been a lot of anxiety attached to money, which is something that I've kind of had to recognize and I'm continuing to work through. And, you know, there have been like very practical things that I think can help with that. Like, I think even there's a capacity in which like budgeting and just kind of just I don't know, writing things down and just having that like visibility and just kind of plan can create freedom in a lot of ways. But for me, what I more so found is I really relied on 
my savings or finances to be a place of security and stability. So I was finding kind of peace of mind in that. And when things weren't, you know, in the place I wanted them to be, that would create a lot of anxiety as I think it does for a lot of us. And so I just have found that this is not sustainable because as much as that we think we have control over our finances, there are various factors at play and I can't just let myself live in a state of stress when things aren't going the way that, you know, my like five-year timeline said. And so I recognize that there needs to be a change within my heart and I need to find financial peace that is apart from my circumstances, my bank account. And that's really what I'm gonna be speaking on and still kind of in the midst of. I also just one more thing to kind of provide context for just kind of finances in general. I think there is this reality of just how expensive where we live is. And so I think it makes it such a hot topic and such a source of just either stress or motivation for a lot of people that live in Los Angeles or a big city or, you know, just things are getting more and more expensive. So I think there is this stress level that increases that I'm hoping we can kind of just, yeah, just eliminate as we kind of continue to dive into this but that's a little bit of like my upbringing and my perspectives that I've struggled with and so Bri I would love for you to kind of just share as well. I would say for myself something that I've developed more so in recent years is a very abundant mindset around money and I don't know what it has been about me innately. I remember even when I was like in high school or in college when your girl did not have money to her name. <laughs> I was working like literally the most minimum wage job, like on campus job in college, not making very much, like barely enough to cover my groceries and just like typical college expenses and stuff. I just feel like I've always carried a very abundant mindset around money. And when I view that perspective and that lens that I carry, I realize it's not something that I was taught necessarily per se by anyone. It's something that I chose and adopted myself. And I want to disclose that that abundance mindset around money is not the result of a certain set amount in my bank account. It's not the result of some sort of security financially that I have of, oh, if I have X amount, I will feel secure and feel in control. It truly is just a mindset that I've had when I both had little and I've had when I had my first big girl job and I've had now. And I think it's more so this trust that, yes, financial wisdom, which I want to also encourage and we'll dive into deeper, is so, so, so necessary. But even in the presence of wisdom, I carry that abundance, not because money is my security, but because I just truly believe that there will always be an availability, even in moments when I don't feel like my bank account is reflecting that, or maybe I'm not making as much as I would desire to have. It's more so just the framework of the belief that I do not need to allow whatever money is sitting in my bank account to cause me stress, strain, or to also provide me with 
advantage. And I think money naturally does provide advantage, especially in a city like LA and especially anywhere in the world. Like money does equate to greater opportunities oftentimes. But when I speak on abundance, it is so separate and so independent of how much or how little that you have. So I would say that is my framework around money and my perspective around money. And I would say I am very wise with my money. I definitely implement so many different routines in my life in which I save money, but I would have to say I'm, I can be the opposite of frugal in the sense that I I don't often always think about when I'm spending money. I really am someone who likes to pursue experiences with my money. And I think that just leans into the abundance that I desire to create over my finances. And that's what I love is I knew that obviously we have like slightly different perspectives and that's kind of what I wanted to share is it doesn't really matter if you identify as like a saver or spender or if you have stricter boundaries or looser boundaries on budgets or Mm -hmm. if you spend it on experiences or more so things like this really is just kind of a universal topic I guess of there's freedom in all of that and we're not saying that one way is better but we are saying that you know if you are if there's an unhealthy relationship with money it can lead to a lot of anxiety and just it can lead you to it can lead you to be motivated kind of by the wrong factors and I think that's something we all can probably whether that's ourselves or think of other people that are so just enslaved to that and Yeah, I I think it can be just definitely a challenge, especially in our 20s when it feels like money is just, you know, we always could use more of it. So kind of brings me to the next section, which I wanted to ask you, like, how do you know? Because maybe it's if somebody's listening and do I need to refine my relationship with money or how does somebody even identify if that is a place where their security is really coming from? Yes, such a great question. I think before I even preface or as I preface my answer, I think Marissa and I are also so aware that everyone's, you know, financial circumstance in which they are currently living in is so, so different. And there are circumstances that we can't directly speak into out of experience. And so with anything we say, it's not to devalue maybe where you are, whether you are in financial abundance or you are in financial want. And so I would say for myself in my life and in ways that maybe this identifies for you in your life, if money is something that you're finding so much security in, I think it oftentimes leads with that is your greatest motive in life. Mm -hmm. If you are just fixated on this idea of the quantity of money and the expectation of the amounts of money that you need to have in order to have some sort of sense of self-worth. And I think that's also a beautiful thing. I I don't want you to hear us wrong. I'm so inspired by my friends who have this yearning to, you know, progress in their career and reach financial goals and, you know, make X amount of money. I think that is a beautiful goal. And I think there's nothing wrong with that. 
But I think sometimes that trespasses into being an idol or being something that you're obsessing over or being something that you are motivating your entire life by when it's all you can think about. When your greatest sense of self-worth is the amount of money you have in your bank account, whether it's little or uh, abundant, if that is where you are putting a metric to your identity, that's when I would say, ooh, let's reevaluate what money means to you. And also in the same vein, I think if money is also something that is causing you such great stress and it's causing you such great obsession to where that there is absolutely no ease in your life when it comes to the concept of spending money or the concept of maybe even saving money, whatever extreme you're on or whatever even median you are, if it's something that you feel like money has control of you versus you have control of your money, that's Mm -hmm. when I would just really encourage you to evaluate what is your relationship with money and can you say or can you not say it is a healthy one in this moment? Wow, that like... You just said it so perfectly. I love that. I think that really encompasses like exactly what we're trying to say. Like we don't Mm -hmm. want this thing to have control over you and your life and your well-being. And something I wanted to hit on specifically just because I feel like it's relevant in my own life. So it could be relevant in yours is I think social media has had just an impact on my perspective of money. I think as somebody who can just kind of be content, I didn't really desire wealth or anything like that was never something I really sought out. But I think there was just this reality where we just naturally, the people I think that we follow or see on Instagram or see like in the media, they just live a life that's very different than ours. And I think sometimes that puts pressure of like, oh my gosh, we're the same age and like they're buying a house and they're doing all of these things. And I think that can just like, there are all these different areas that can just kind of trigger us with finances and make us just feel like our life is lacking where We never even really knew that we wanted that and maybe we don't even want that. It's just seeing it makes us just kind of have comparison and finances are a place where a lot of comparison and those thoughts can kind of creep in. So I just kind of wanted to acknowledge that and to bring awareness of if you do find that money is a bit of a challenge as far as like your perspective on it, just kind of evaluating like where are you letting just things have influence because for me social media absolutely was influencing my perspective and it was creating this unnecessary sense of anxiety and I think we just have to be mindful like even the language there were just certain people in my life and they were great people but the way they talked about money it was healthy for them but it wasn't healthy for me and I just recognize that and there was so much freedom in just saying that and understanding and being like okay for me this is something where I need to tread a little bit lighter in this area or I need to guard my heart in some capacities with this because it just can be challenging and people can be in in different places in their life with that and so just kind of wanted to touch on that too. I don't know, just bring awareness to maybe things we don't think about. But that kind of brings me to the next section, which is talking about finding freedom. And Mm -hmm. 
again, these are just things that I've tried doing just to experience more freedom in my own life when it comes to finances. And so again, just emphasizing that financial freedom does not come in how much we have, but rather in our relationship with money. I think number one, where is your source of security? Like, because if it is in money or even it could be in these other areas, ultimately those things can be fleeting. And Mm -hmm. I think that's when it gets risky. Like when your security is in something that can come and go, that's just not really sustainable. And so I think that's something like for my own life, I've really had to build it on things that are more permanent and that actually have a foundation that can handle, you know, these good and bad seasons of life or these changes in my life. Yeah, that's such a good point. And I think even coming back to the point that you made about social media, I think we live in a world and in a culture and in a time and for Marissa and I both in a city that we are constantly seeing what wealth looks like. We're constantly seeing what a life lavishly lived looks like. We're constantly seeing what the most extravagant of things looks like. And naturally, social media really just breeds so much opportunity to compare your wealth, your finances, your relationship with money in the perspective and through the lens of someone else. But I just had this thought that I think for myself, Something that has really induced and brought a lot of freedom in my life when it comes to my relationship with money is removing the comparison factor. My relationship with money and my financial stability is not independency of what someone else does or doesn't have. When I can remove the comparison of what someone else at my age does or doesn't have or the lifestyle that they can afford, but maybe I can't, when my financial wealth and my relationship with money and myself is completely just my own, that really brings me so much freedom because it doesn't give me opportunity or room to look at what someone else has and compare myself to make myself feel lesser than or make myself feel above than when my relationship with money is truly just me focusing on myself and taking the measures for my own finances, whether it's budgeting or saving or being wise in the ways that I need to be wise, but maybe ways that someone else doesn't need to be, or maybe someone needs to be more. That is what produces the most freedom in my life. My finances are my own and my success in my finances or my struggle in my finances are my own. And that is not that does not need to be dependent on how anyone else is doing in this area. And I think the more that we can really look at our finances so independently of what the world around us is doing or what your friends around you are doing, especially people who are more prosperous than you, because that can just lead to so much defeat. That can also lead to that strain. That can also lead to that ill motive of just feeling so motivated by money just to fit into these rooms or fit into... Instagram or whatever you're seeing online, the more that we can just surrender that and relinquish that control of you need to measure up to those around you, the more freedom that you are actually bringing upon yourself. Focus on you. And like I said, taking the measures that 
equip you to be the most wise in your finances, whether that is saving a certain amount of your paycheck or budgeting every month and making sure you know where every dollar is going. Or maybe that those are measures that you don't need to do as much because you are in a different financial position. Or maybe you need to do more, whatever that looks like for you, fixating your eyes on what that looks like for you and not what that looks like for anyone else. At least speaking on behalf of myself, that brings me so much freedom and that surrenders my control, my grip, and my worry and concern around money when I'm just comparing to nobody but myself. Yeah, I love that you said that because I think finances are so personal. What's the best for you might not be the best for somebody else and vice versa. So I think only you can know what you need in that area. And that kind of brings me to the second part of obviously, I think number one, it's recognizing that it's not a certain dollar amount that's going to make you feel financially free. Mm -hmm. But the caveat to that is also there is a level of just financial wisdom. And I think just wisdom in general and discernment. And that's realizing that okay, I've started to unpack like where my security is coming from and what my motivators are. And maybe I'm removing this like obsession and fixation or these trigger points with money. And then I think once you get to that healthy place, you can take a look and actually realize, am I stewarding my money well? And I think it's having intention, but not dependence on that plan. Like you're being intentional and you're being wise that, okay, I am saving for my future and there's intention in that, but I'm not dependent on that money. And I don't need that in order to feel peace and security with who I am and my life and my purpose and identity and everything Mm -hmm. else we were kind of touching on. And so I think a big part of that story, and I know for both of us and for me personally, finding that freedom was surrendering. Like you said, I love that you mentioned that. And for me, it was surrendering it to God, like trusting that everything I had or hadn't received was of God. And I needed Him in order to get my heart in the right place and also to understand that He is my provider. And that's what truly gave me financial freedom, but also just financial peace. So I wanted to just, I don't know if you have a specific story that comes to mind or how you've kind of like been able to do that and find financial peace. Yes. Oh my gosh. I think about just the season that I'm walking through right now. And I feel like something that I also want to preface as I jump into this story is I know for Marissa and I, like God is such a big, important part of our life. And I think specifically when we speak on finances, something that really comes to mind through this conversation is I know for myself, I carry so much hope in my finances because I know at the end of the day, I really believe that God entrusted me with the finances I have. And though there is a level of work in earning and stewardship that I've done in my own power, in order to receive what I have received and in order to have the job that I have and, and to do the disciplines I I do and perform in order to make the revenue that I do as an independent person, at the same time, I also feel so surrendered to my finances and so not burdened by it and not concerned by it because I know at the end of the day, God entrusted me with them. And I don't believe that my finances are completely my own. And segueing into my story, 
So something I've been sharing and touching on a little bit is I'm currently going through a move right now. And most of you guys know that I moved to LA not that long ago, and I'm actually in the middle of breaking my lease to my apartment. And it's such a beautiful decision that is just working out for the benefit of all of my roommate's good, but even through the beauty that I know is to come for all of us individually, it is still a financial strain that I am going through very unexpectedly at this point in my life. I am desiring to live alone, which also is going to and is bringing a increased financial need for me, knowing that I'm going to be paying more in rent than what I was paying at my previous place shared amongst three roommates. And so I think right now I've been going through a lot of financial contemplation and financial strain, kind of being faced with the reality of what it looks like of paying rent for a place I'm not living and also paying a termination fee for breaking our lease. And in the face of that, I mean, Marissa knows I have had moments where I feel pretty overwhelmed and like, how am I going to do this? Like, what's going on? Where is this money going to come from? But I, I would say through all of this, though it has brought pressure and stress on myself and my humanness, something that has given me so much confidence and so much peace and so much hope is just surrendering this concern to God. And I know that that doesn't fully make sense and it sounds so simple, but truly, especially in the midst of a time such as this, it is the only thing that gives me peace of mind. When the numbers aren't quite making sense and when the expenses are rising on every front, what gives me peace in knowing that I'm going to be taken care of and I don't have to worry is just surrendering my fears, my worries, and my finances to God. And I am kind of in that process right now of of waiting to see God not necessarily bless me through financial provision. Like I don't like when I say surrender to God, I don't mean, oh, he's gonna like miraculously give me all the money that's gonna be missing from my bank account. That's not what I mean. I more so mean surrender the anxieties of it. Of just reminding myself of God, I just live on this earth and you know, yes, I will forever depend on money because I live on this earth and you need money to survive, especially in an expensive city like LA. But even despite it, I can have so much hope and so much rest that my identity and my worth is not dependent on the amount of money that I do or don't have, that God does want to take care of, of me and He is going to provide that sense of peace even in the midst of such a stressful circumstance. And I know for myself, I feel so anchored by the hope that even though X amount of dollars are about to leave my bank account, and like I said, I've stewarded myself well to be able to be prepared for a moment such as this, I don't need to stress or worry that I'm losing a certain amount of money because I also get to trust and believe and have faith that God is going to bring opportunity for that to be restored, whether it's me working really hard to continue saving or continue budgeting or cut expenses where it needs to be, inviting God into that and allowing God to provide me with the strength and me with the peace and me with the joy that truly surpasses all understanding. It doesn't make sense for me to feel joy in the midst of such a stressful circumstance, but for myself, it's the 
only reason why I do have joy because I've just given over the stress, anxieties, and worries over to God and just been like, you know what, God, you knew this was coming. Also, the desire to live alone is something that I really deeply want. And so I can just believe and have faith that God is not going to forsake me. Even though right now I'm facing that strain, I know that there is going to be beauty on the other side of the strain. So that just is like everything to me, especially in this season of my life. But I would love to hear the same for you, Marissa, just a time that you invited God into your own finances. I don't know why, if anybody else can relate to this, but I grew up in a Christian household. So I feel like a lot of these concepts of like inviting God into my life and like him being a provider were pretty like digestible. But there was that one area where I always felt like finances were a separate piece. Like Mm -hmm. it was like, God will provide for you emotionally. He'll provide for this. Like he'll give you peace. He'll remove your anxiety, like whatever it might be. But finances just felt separate. And I don't know why that is. And I want to be really like careful of the language I use because I think it's easy to be so focused on what that provision looks like. Mm. But I think what I found is, yes, there have been like, I... I mean, even like somewhat recent of like a year or two ago, like my husband and I did find ourselves like in a very challenging place financially. And there were a lot of factors at play. And that was the first time I really couldn't figure it out if I tried. And I invited God just into that area of my life in a way I never really had because previously it would kind of be an addition where I'm like, okay, I have the job that can provide for me. Like, please bless my life. But it was the first time I was like, I have to surrender to you because I don't know what's in store and I don't know what our life is going to look like. And I think it just blew my mind that God not only provided, but in our case, He did provide in abundance and He worked in ways that I honestly didn't even know were possible. But I think the most powerful thing about that was it revealed His character, which is that first and foremost, God is our Father and our Father means He's our provider. And so He really not only provided, but he cared for us so intimately in that season where we were just kind of in a place of fear and he walked with us and he met us where we felt anxious and he was there and he cared so closely to us, but also he did orchestrate details to come together that I know truly were miraculous. And like, if I were to list them off, I'm like, I think anybody would say that it truly was a miracle because they're just so specific. And it really was just incredible to see how, for me now, I'm like, it's not even about him providing financially. It was about, I guess, kind of what I was able to learn about his character. And I think when you realize like God is a provider, that gives you so much peace. Mm. And so... This was a verse that I was kind of repeating in my mind during that season, and I don't think I fully understood it prior, but it's Matthew 6, 26, and it says, Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet are yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they are? And that is so beautiful. Like, And now I'm just kind of reminded where we see how like, 
the earth exists in this beautiful harmony where there's always enough. And it might not always be like when we're thinking of our lives, like the enough might not be the enough for the number that we had like mm-hmm. on our on our plan or our timeline, but it is enough and God knows what we need and He has such a desire to provide for us. Mm-hmm. And so that is kind of just something that I'm still in the midst of reminding myself of. And I think it's hard to even really comprehend that, but I just do want to provide like a sense of just kind of encouragement that if you do surrender, like God really is like eager to provide for us. And that I think is so just such a beautiful thing. I think that also just something that I want to encourage you guys as Marissa was speaking is whatever your financial circumstance is. And as we kind of continue on with this concept of surrender, no matter where you're at with your beliefs or with your money or your finances, I really want to encourage you that if like what Marissa said, like miracles are so possible, especially over your finances and maybe praying over your finances is something that you've never done before. Maybe praying is not something you've ever done before, but I just want to speak to that person that is longing for a miracle or longing for something specific, kind of like what Marissa Marissa and I were speaking to. If you are in a position where you are in a strain or in a struggle or in a stress I really do encourage you to just start believing in a miracle over that. And that's not to guarantee that X amount of dollars are going to hit your bank account. But even if it's just to shift your heart and induce freedom over the circumstances you're in, that alone can be a miracle within itself. But I think when you really partner with that belief that there can be relief over your circumstance and there can be a miracle performed on your circumstance. Oh my gosh, not only in the waiting of a miracle does your heart shift so much, but also when you really do put it out there that you are surrendering, that it's all in your control and it's all up to you, but that there is a God who loves you so much that he actually wants to bless you and and provide for you and walk alongside you to what Marissa said that alone can just have the power to transform your heart, that that within itself can bring you so, so, so much freedom. So whatever that looks like for you, I we know how it looks like for us, but whatever that needs to look like for you, ultimately we just encourage you, believe in miracles because they're so, so, so available for you. And that brings us to our last section, which this can sound a little intimidating. It still is intimidating for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I want to do a whole episode on it, but it is on generosity. So I think this just kind of closes out finances and financial peace. I think an important piece of that is just recognizing that we are stewards of our finances. Mm-hmm generosity can come in so many different forms. And I really believe that's for you to discern what you want that to look like or what amount that is for you. Something I want to kind of emphasize with that is just something I'm personally working on, which is just to be a cheerful giver. And it's not about the percentage, it's about the posture. So it's I'm not here to say like you need a 
donate a certain amount of your money or that you even need to have a plan in place to do so. It's more so that I found the best way to achieve financial freedom for me has been in recognizing that I am a steward. So just as I'm eager to receive, I am also eager to give Mm. and that that really is a blessing. And it, it really is just supposed to pass through my hands. Like, I think there's something beautiful where we recognize that like, we receive money through working. We also get to give money through paying for things and blessing other people in that way. We get to bless somebody financially if we feel in the place to do so. I just kind of want to challenge you. I think generosity is such a muscle and it's so powerful when we start to exercise that muscle. And I know that for me, like, it seems it's kind of like going to the gym the first time. Like it can feel a little painful at first and a bit of a stretch and maybe it feels like a little uncomfortable or you just feel like it's not enough. But it is such just, I think like your heart just expands when you realize like, oh my gosh, this is more than just how I'm able to bless other people. It actually blesses me. Um, So I did have a verse that I do love when I kind of think about generosity, and it's 2 Corinthians 9, 7. It reads, each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And I love that this verse doesn't pressure us to give by any means, but it does say that if we do give, like give from a place of joy and give with a cheerful heart. And so that is something that I am absolutely trying to work on and just kind of evolve in and have joy in that area of my life. I wanted to ask you because I know like, especially if you're listening in your 20s and like I said, you just feel like maybe you're in college even and you're like, finances are so tight. Like how can I even exercise generosity where I'm at in my life? Yeah, I think I want to preface too. The reason why we bring up generosity in the first place is because it's just one of those ways that can induce and bring freedom to your relationship with money. I think the concept of generosity can seem so foreign for many of us. And I know it's something that I'm not necessarily so perfect in, but I know for myself in growing in my personal relationship with money and shifting to a more abundance and freedom over my relationship and money, it has required me to also surrender to the idea that my money is just all for me. And I think it's a beautiful thing. Like, don't hear us for what we're not saying. Earning money and making money and being able to afford a lifestyle or a standard of life for yourself is not a bad thing. It is a beautiful thing and it is a deserved thing oftentimes. But even in the process, whether you have little or whether you have much, when you can recognize that there's opportunity for your money not to be all harbored up just for yourself, but there's an opportunity to, in the process, whether you are struggling or you are building wealth to also bless others, it just relinquishes that control and relinquishes that idol and relinquishes that security that money is your greatest motive and your greatest source of identity and your greatest security blanket. And I know for myself, like I think back to times in college when, like I said previously, I was not making very much money. And by paper, 
I couldn't afford to bless other people, but by a heart that was willing, you know, at the time, what I could do is maybe, you know, out of the overflow of a love for a friend, I could buy their lunch that day or I could buy their coffee that day. And even now, sometimes my greatest source of generosity is, you know, blessing a friend's meal or, you know, taking them out to do something. Like generosity can be expressed in so many different ways. It doesn't have to be this grandiose, big gesture, or big act of like giving money or donating. It can, but it doesn't have to be. And I think the reason why we encourage generosity and even make a note of closing this episode on generosity is because something I learned and am still learning and will continue to learn for as long as I live on this earth is no matter the money that is sitting in your bank account, no matter the wealth or the little that you have, what you do with little, you will do with much. And so I think back to that time when I was in college and I remember thinking, if I made more money, I could be more generous. If I made more money, I could do this, do that. But then I realized, you know what? If this is my heart posture now as a broke college student, if I were to be a billionaire, that will still be my same heart posture. And I think that's once again why we reinforce the idea and the concept of generosity because ultimately in this conversation we care so much about your character we care about your character around money we care about your relationship with money and this episode isn't about like how to grow in money or how to do this do that it's it's all about your character in this and so when it comes to generosity it is something we are encouraged in speaking on behalf of your character and on behalf of your freedom and on behalf of your relationship and your perspective and your peace of mind and so that's something that we practice ourselves in our life and the ways that Marissa and I do are are so individual and so personal but even if it's a matter of if you feel really stressed in your finances and you haven't even thought about maybe buying a friend's coffee, maybe moving your heart to a place of overflow and a place of releasing that control to buying a friend's friend's coffee this week or, you know, something small that you can just begin acting in generosity. And in those small acts, watch how your heart begins to shift and how your relationship with money just changes for the better. We just truly pray that if nothing else, this episode just gave you a sense of freedom and peace that maybe you haven't even realized you need it. And it can kind of just be overwhelming. And I think it's easy to just, I don't know, get intimidated by the topic, but we just kind of want to provide like a safe space to think about it and just continue to evolve and meet you where you're at in that. But as always, we are so grateful you took the time to listen and we really hope this was a value and just provided just a sense of freedom for you guys. Okay, you guys know the drill. It's time for our love notes section. We're going to have a little fun and play a little Would You Rather. These are kind of random, so we're just going to go for it. (laughs) They're pretty random. (laughs) Um, Okay, I'm going to ask and then we'll just each say which one we would prefer. So would you rather be an amazing dancer or an amazing singer? This is so hard because everything in me wants to be equally both. I feel like I'm naturally more inclined to be a little bit of a good dancer. I wouldn't say I'm a good dancer, but I think I I naturally am kind of good. 
So probably singer because I am not a good singer and I love to sing and I love music. So singer. I definitely agree with that. Yeah, I think it's almost easier to improve with dancing. Right? I feel like with singing, I'm like, okay, we're gonna need a, a little. We're gonna, yeah, I don't we're think, gonna need some work. I don't think I could get help. Like, <laughs> I think it's just you're born with it or you're not. Whereas dancing, like, you, I think you could get better. So I will absolutely make <laughs> a beautiful voice. Would you rather only be able to eat meals out or only be able to cook at home? This is so hard because. Right after this, we're going to Air One. <laughs> and I love, I do love eating out. But I would say I would rather only cook at home. Really? Oh, that's sweet. I know. I know. That's so hard. I think, yeah, at home. I, so this brings us to the topic of finances, but... I would more, my concern would be like, okay, eating out would just be so expensive if you're doing every meal, but assuming that's not a factor, I feel like we are blessed to live in a place where there are so many good places and we can get, you know, like food delivered to our doorstep. So absolutely. I, I don't like love cooking. So Mm. I would I'd be so down to just only eat meals out. I love it. I (laughs) answers are like the opposite of what I expect us to say. I think I love eating out, but I know I feel so good when I'm cooking at home. Like it makes me so happy, but I just, I think I eat out more when I don't have time. Also, I don't think my stomach would like if I ate out all the time. So unless we lived in Europe. True. Probably not a wise decision. So maybe I'll (laughs) change. (laughs) Okay, would you rather live in a place where it is always sunny and hot? So for hot, I'm going to say like 90 degrees and above, or always cold and it's either snowing or raining? Definitely hot. Never ever do not put me in the snow unless it's for a weekend. (laughs) But also I grew up in Texas, so like I feel like I did grow up somewhere where it feels like it's literally always 90 degrees and sweltering like over the summers in texas i remember being a kid and looking at the thermostat and it'd be like 115 degrees so yeah i feel like texas summers are brutal so and i don't mind it put me in the heat i'd rather be sweltering than wow freezing that is remarkable i honestly had to think about this what actually got me was the sunny like i think i could do cold if it was sunny mm. but i just really need the sunshine for my mental state so i'll take the heat i'll blast some ac but i'll have the sunshine coming in so it'll be a-okay. yeah and also i do not like wearing layers i, I hate layers that, yeah. don't know do not bundle her up. <laughs> do not bundle me i do not like to be bundled it's the most uncomfy feeling for me I don't like it. I hate layers. Like, you know, when you have to wear a layer underneath your jeans. Oh, no, no, no. I think that's the thing I don't really know that being the case. So I hate it. It's constricting. Okay. This one is so random, but we feel very passionate. Um, Would you rather be a mermaid or a fairy? Easy peasy. I would rather be a mermaid (laughs) because that little mermaid was my favorite Disney princess growing up. I That's a good question. I didn't know that. Yeah, I was obsessed with Ariel. I wanted to be her. I had everything in it. Literally so many Ariel Barbie dolls, stuffed animals, alarm clock. Like I <laughs> had so cute. everything and I would literally cry as a child because I just wanted to have red hair like Ariel. 
It's never too late. I know. You could do that as a Halloween costume. I think that'd be really I cute. I should, but a wholesome mermaid. Not, not a scary mermaid, if you know what I mean. <laughs> I would choose fairy, specifically a garden fairy, because I think that would just be so much fun to like, I just picture myself dancing from like each flower to flower and like basking in the sunshine. I would be so content as that. I so I see you as a fairy. I'd visit you. We could be friends. Yeah. I could be your little fairy Literally, friend. everything in me wants to be mermaid. I wish that was real. I wish that was an option. I think, like, the being in the depths of the ocean kind of scares me. I think mm. I'd be, like, a land mermaid. Like, a sand mermaid. <laughs> like, I would be, like, there laying the there on the sand. <laughs> and then I'd be open to that. Okay, last question. I'm curious what you say on this one. Would you rather never be able to eat pizza again or never be able to eat pasta again? <sighs> Goodbye, Italy trip. <laughs> Goodbye. Okay, I think I have two answers, which is contradicting because there's two options. If I were to live in America, I mean, I do. Which I do. <laughs> which I do. I would want to be able to never have pasta again and only eat pizza. Because I would say in America, I eat more pizza. I don't, I mean, I do go to Italian places, but I think even when I go to Italian here, I lean towards having pizza. But if I lived in Italy, I would say, you can leave the pizza at the door, pasta. Because I eat so much pasta when I'm in Italy. It's just, it's so Their different. Their pasta is so different. It's, it's so incredible. Good. Yeah. Yeah. I am so glad you clarified that. Yeah. I needed a part of lettuce, Perfect. I, yeah, I was going to say pizza because I love pizza. Also, pasta here, like, just kind of is harsh on my stomach. Same. It's a little too heavy but sometimes. Oh, my gosh. When I went to Italy, all I ate was pasta. Exactly. So I would need that exactly. in my life. But like here, oh my gosh, get me to a pizza. I love pizza so much. I love pizza. I love making my own so pizza. So good. Um, okay, those are all of our questions. We will see you guys in our next episode. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. We pray this episode was encouraging and life-giving. If you found it valuable, please share it with a friend, leave a review, and subscribe. And be sure to follow us along over on Instagram at With Love Always Podcast. Signing off with all of our love always, Bree and Marissa.